obviously awesome day on Saturday. First, like to thank our fans for coming out. Um, I know it's you know before school gets here and all that, and I think we had a decent amount of students that came in there. But that was a that was a nice day. Good crowd and. Really proud of our guys for how they played out of the gate. To tell you the truth, thought it was a very clean game and not a bunch of penalties. I don't think there's any turnovers on either side, and so that was good to see. And um, you know, I thought our offense did a, did a nice job. I thought Bush Hamden did a nice job mixing up plays and motions and all those type of things. Um, o line did a good job. Let Jacob Eason set his feet. Thought he was, um, you know, really, really good for his first game coming out of the gate. Was uh, real sharp on his reads and uh, got hit a little bit, got knocked down. So that was probably good for him just to know he can still take a shot. And then on defense, you know, I thought our guys did a good job. Like I said, there was a lot of offense we were preparing for, and that's really, really hard to do. And, um, and so I think they, they did a nice job. We missed the one tackle where our guys ran into each other. They got the long one. But other than that, there wasn't <clears throat> a bunch of busted coverages or anything for new guys back there. So that was that was good to see. And then got a lot of young guys in the game. And, um, you know, it was the young guys that were – and it actually caused the safety. Caused the safety. And Trent McDuffie penetrated. Laotu got off blocks. It was – it was good to see. So, new challenge this week, but we were pleased with, with week one. How's Nick Harris doing and how did Melly play? Who play? Nick Harris. Oh, yeah. How did he play? Yeah. Yeah, he played fine while he was in. Coming in for Nick Harris. Mateo? Yes. Yeah, okay. Mateo played um, – Mateo did a good job. Mateo's been getting a lot of reps and practice as well. You know, Nick's played a lot of snaps for us, so we've been able to work him quite a bit. And so, you know, you never know when that day is going to come where the guy's got to go. And so um, – he got a lot of good reps, and you know, let's we'll keep progressing with him. And next week to week, and we'll go from there. You, uh, <clears throat> you, and everybody out here has talked about receivers last year, and so on. Talk a little bit, just in general, your feeling coming out of that game, how the receivers. I th I thought that Aaron Fuller did a really nice job. I mean, that one catch was obviously spectacular. I mean, that was that was big league, and then he made another nice nice catch in the in the end zone, kind of uh, on his back shoulder. So I thought he played played well. It was nice to get Andre deep. Um, you know, Skinny made a Jacob made a nice nice throw. I mean, really good. Turned the ball over real nice, and um, so I thought I thought they they played you know pretty well as a group. Um, so I'm anxious to see this week. Um, you know, going against one of the better secondaries in the country, and so this will this will be another whole different challenge. Chris, how important is it for that unit wide receivers to play well? And I mean, that, how does that affect the red zone? How can it if they're playing well? The red zone? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you saw a little of that because you saw two really good catches by Aaron. I mean, that's what it's going to come down. You're not going to get anybody wide open. It's usually going to be a guy having to make a, 
you know, a catch on the sideline or going up and battling for the ball one on one. That's what you see in the red zone. You know, those type of those type of plays. And I think you saw two of them. So that was that was really good to see. But that's really what happens when you're throwing to the ball to the wideouts in the in the end zone. It's going to be a tough, tight catch. A guy draped on him or using the sideline or the end zone to to make something happen. You put on the red zone in the offseason because of the percentages and how things worked out last year. How what did the tape show for you? Was it progress? It was progress. Um it was progress. I think we were five for six in terms of touchdowns, so that was that was good. Um, I think it was progress. Yeah, you know. So you know, I think you're concerned about the first game, just with some self-inflicted wounds, and that stuff seems to show up a little bit in the red zone a little bit more. I mean, guys. Um, you know, defenses are going to – a lot of them change their style and their mentality. They come after you more trying to knock you back to get you out of there. And so it's a whole different game down there, really. And so I thought it was I thought it was pretty good for game one. This looked like early on the best way to eliminate the red zone issues was just not to get in the red zone. There's, there's no question. And I think that was one of the issues last year. You know, we, we did a great job. Um you know, moving the ball kind of in between the 20s. I mean, there's um, – and we had a decent amount of explosive plays. But we spoke about this before. A lot of our explosive plays didn't score. They got us down there, and that's when things can get tough, and you really got to be precise with your game. You had that situation, fourth and six, where you chose to go for it, and I think it would have been probably a 45-yard field goal. Yeah. What was the approach there, and did you feel like that's kind of on the edge of Payton's range, or what was the thought process? Yeah, I think I think he's got a strong leg. Um, you know, that's yeah, – I know he can – I know he's got distance from there, but I think we were kind of a little bit in that gray area. And, you know, there's a lot of gray areas down there. It really is, whether you're going to punt, whether you're going to kick a field goal, whether you should go for it. And it's interesting to always watch that play out, like in the series. I mean, we're always a play or two ahead in our mind of like, hey, this is going to be two plays. You got two plays to go for it here. And then, like, you could get a negative play, and that changes it, and you got to adjust quickly. So, you know, that was one of those gray area ones where we could have tried it, but also wanted to, you know, let our offense see what they could do. Have you changed your, at least going in, your decision-making process on that very subject last year, looking at games? They had a lot of third and fives where you ran the ball. Yeah. Pretty successful. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's a little different personality back there now. So do you adjust for that a little bit? Yeah. You know, I think we're still figuring out the personality of this team. But, yeah, um, you know, I think if if you kind of think you got a couple downs to, to work with, that certainly changed the play call. And so I think, you know, we're still kind of developing and what we're going to be able to do well and what's the strength of our team, certainly down there. And um, I don't think we totally know just yet, you know, just watching us play. I mean, like I said, I think we got off to a, a good start. We've done some good things in practice, carried over into the game. But, um, yeah, this is going to be a whole interesting new, new dynamic going on this weekend. I mean, we'll really be tested and it's – you know, things are going to be much, much, um, much tougher on offense. I mean, that that we know for sure. You just not just against us. You know, the last year and even the year before when we played them. You know, the score. Um, you know, we made some plays, but I, I think that we played well and and we made a few things happen. Um, but if you watch the game, I mean, that's really a good defensive team. I mean, Justin does a great job and you know coaching those guys. Um, 
and, and you know, Peter Sermon and DeRuiter and all those guys. I mean, they're all defensive, really good minds, and so they, they play at a high level of football. There's no question. You guys in the secondary, you know, with Kyler and Cam Williams, freshman back. Yeah. Uh, Miles Bryant back at safety. How those guys – yeah, I thought they did pretty well. Um, you know, there's a couple things. Um, tried to run a little stutter route on, on Kyler a little bit, and he was actually in decent shape. And then he kind of, the guy kind of ran by him, he grabbed him a little bit, but, you know, he'll learn from that. And I think he got another, you know, another pass interference that was very, I thought it was pretty good, you know, pretty good defense. So I thought he played pretty good. And Cam, Cam did a nice job tackling. Um, we had the one where, you know, he and kind of ran into Keith and knocked Keith off. Off. And then we got the long, long run. But, uh, you know, all, all learning, you know, opportunities. And, you know, one of the things, a lot, a lot of those big explosive plays kind of run through the secondary. So there's a lot of weight on those guys' shoulders. But I thought he, you know, did a nice job game one. Did you suggest serving with the, the neck collar? Mm-hmm. Does that serve a purpose or just look? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you think he does that for looks? Yeah, no, that's the trainers put that on. So yeah, there's always a purpose. That's yeah, not part of Adidas' new get-up. <laughs> Wouldn't have one guy wearing that. Yeah, it's a trainer thing. Chris, how, how, how tough was the last year's Cal game for you to get over, and how much does that kind of enter the conversation this week? For you? you know, I think the one thing is, is like I think like people on the outside don't realize how good Cal is on defense. They just they don't. I mean, that's the bottom line. And just look at their scores and look how they play over the last, you know, two years. I mean, they're just – they're good. And they got they got eight of them back or nine and probably more that have played. So it's a really, really good defense. And I think you got to – you know, you got to have patience and those type of things. And um, and you're going to have to earn it. Like, they are really good at not giving up much. And if you do – they're not getting that next play. Is, I mean, there's just not a lot of explosive plays, and they're good against the run. And it's it's a really, if you're into football, like you study that study that defense. They do a great job. On the other side for them, what have you seen from Chase Carver as he's kind of grown? Yeah, well, it's you know game one, and uh, so it's hard to hard to really tell. Um, but I know they feel good about him. You know, he's their guy. He's not splitting time. Those type of things. He's, they're going with him. He's an athletic guy that can run around as well, so he can do different things but you know we've always had a lot of respect for him um, and that family and um, so we've known him for a long time does that, yeah, does that change anything for them the fact that they're not using obviously map weights out there and, and they are kind of just going with the one style instead of maybe having the dual threat and all that kind of thing that they threw at you guys I do think he's a dual threat guy. That's what I do think. You know, they might have run the other quarterback a little bit more, but, but Garbage can run. I mean, I think that's one of his strengths. Now, how they choose to use that, you know, that's something that we got to be on point about. You know, whether they're – I think he's a really good scrambler. Um, I think he hurt us a little bit last year, but he's also a guy that can, you know, do the zone read and some of those type of things. And, they, you know, they got a lot of offense, too, over the years. You know, Bo, Bo Baldwin does a great job. And there's a lot to defend there. So it's like, okay, the things, you know, you're always trying to figure out what they're going to pick and choose for this game plan. But part of it is he can run. You just mentioned Bo, too. And obviously his imprint at Eastern is well known. Was, in hindsight, is this a really good test for you guys to play Eastern? Did they have, was there any connection there that you might be able to carry over? I, I see this. I see the styles being different, the Eastern and Cal style. You know, I think they're trying to play a little bit more, um, 
to maybe their personnel, what they have, you know, a little more tight end game than we saw uh, with Eastern. Um, you know, Eastern truly has really a great running quarterback. And, I mean, that's part of his game. He's going he's gonna to run option. He's going to run quarterback runs. He's going to scramble out of there. And Chase is more of, um, you know, maybe a little more traditional that can, can do some things with his feet. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What did you think was the most encouraging thing Jacob Eason did? Um, you know, I, I think... Um, I think he took what the defense gave him. You know, that's probably the most – I think he just kind of stayed within the reeds and kind of went there. Um, you know, there was one throw that we probably got lucky on that it wasn't – he tried to throw away and kind of got hit as he was throwing it away. That could have been a little bit scary. They could have got their hands on it. So that was a good one to, to learn from. But I thought for the most part, you know, I think his decision-making was really good. Chris, there's one play, I think, third play, second quarter – sideline Jacob fires a ball about 70 yards yeah and he said after the game that he saw the bad snap and kind of held up a little bit yeah how much do you think those guys are still getting used to his his arm strength a little bit um that he can throw it that far yeah yeah Yeah, I don't know how many passes we're gonna throw 70 yards you know like I said the snap threw him off like we're not wanting to throw a ball that far I mean that's that's not how we're maybe we should design it that way I don't know um well, usually because there's a timing component, and if you're throwing that far, the DB can usually have a chance to make the receiver up. You know? Well, like I said, I mean, there's usually a timing. Even to deep balls, there's a timing component, and usually the longer you hold it, the better chance you're giving the DBs to make ground, not only the corner, but the safety. So that's why you're, you know, you're not usually holding it that long. Sometimes, you know, things break down, and, you know, guys got to let one go, which it kind of did break down because it started with that snap. Do you have a concern about snaps? There were a couple. Yeah, always. You know, always. You know, a little bit like a field goal kicker, extra points. You know, you take that stuff for granted, and there's a lot going on. You know, the fronts are changing. Guy on, right on, the, you know, head up on him, and as soon as he snaps, they're going to hit him, and then there's somebody not on him, and he's blocked, you know, and all that stuff in terms of where they're stepping, and that can pull the ball just a little bit. And, um, you know, Mateo wasn't the center until he got here. You know, and and I think the thing we really like about him is um, I think he can play multiple, multiple positions, but we just need him. You know, we've just needed him there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, no question. And sometimes our quarterbacks will even overreact with a snap, you know, because their eyes, they're not so much paying attention to the snap. You know, they're kind of scanning the defense. And if a ball comes off just a little bit, sometimes I'll have a tendency to overreact on it when they don't need to. That's, you know, that's why, again, that snap is so important um, just if they can keep it at that consistent spot somewhere around his numbers. There's so many new guys, especially on the defense. Can you, again, the first game reps in the crews, can you, like, can you see it on the sidelines, see them? sort of start to settle down almost or is that something that they come in pretty good? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you can. You can feel them get in there. I mean, there's there's a lot of nerves going on in the first game for guys that have played a lot of football and then certainly guys that haven't played a lot of football here. So you can feel that. Um, and like I said, I think somebody asked the question. I think sometimes it's, it's harder on the coaches. You know, a couple snaps into the game, the coaches, you know, third quarter coaches can still be very nervous on the thing. And I think players are just playing by that point. And so they do settle in. Um, and then, you know, I think it also takes some pressure off when you get a lead um, and you're not pressing and all those things. And so, you know, all that all that kind of helped this weekend. And then this is the second year in a row where you're getting for Pac-12 season earlier than week four. Does that change anything, especially when you have a young team? Well, it doesn't change anything. I, I, well, on our side preparation-wise, you know, we're always trying to do our best to play at our highest level. So it wouldn't change anything in terms of how we practice or anything. But, yeah, I mean – coming right out of the gate and these are these are big games um you know they're all big games they really are but i mean you're always first and foremost trying to be about the league that you play in and um yeah you know probably not an ideal situation you know in terms of some of the newness that we have going on playing playing a team um of this caliber speaking of that the league fair or not i I think the pac-12 might have a little bit of a problem right now from a national perspective just based on bowl results non-conference yeah. schedule and, and I think this week with Oregon losing UCLA losing uh, Arizona I, I might have given some fuel to some critics mm-hmm. um, what, do you think there is a, an image problem right now and how much does, does that concern yeah, you? Yeah it doesn't I mean I, we can only control what we control who we play doing our deal so we can't worry about that I think a lot like I've said before a lot of this stuff is cyclical I mean I think that was one heck of a football game. Yeah. I mean, it can go either way. And now it's like the sky is falling. We can't win. I mean, it's just always overreaction. You got to let the season play out. You got to get through everything. Man, that's what I think. Chris, this is the second time in the last two years that Auburn's played a pack Yeah. Closer to Auburn, Dallas, and Atlanta. Yeah. When those Vegas and LA stadiums open up, would you like to see games like that down there? Without question. Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, we'll travel better. It's easier travel, time change, all those type of things. Weather, uh, I guess, in the, you know, in Texas inside, it's pretty good weather. But yeah, no, no question. I mean, I, I do, I do think that. I mean, especially, especially when you're going all the way back east, or you know, it'll be a, um, you know, it'll be a little different for those guys coming out of the way, all the way out west, and. Um, you know, we played back there in um, Georgia last year. You know, it's it certainly felt like an away game. But, you know, that's part of the deal. How do you feel like Kyler Manu fared, fared in his first career? Yeah, I thought he played well. He played – he did a nice job. I mean, he played the best football that I've seen him play. Uh, now he got more of an opportunity. He was on the field longer. and But he was a guy that had – he had a nice game. He really did. We were proud of him. Is a, is a red shirt still on the table for Layatu at this point? Or, or do you well, yeah, I think he's a guy that we were planning on playing more than the four. But, you know, you just see how things go here and then the next three, um, how much he gets in, all those type of things. But, you know, he's done some really good things in practice and put it on tape and in the first game as well. How much of a difference did he make? And is this the best he's been in Washington given 
his last, his best this is what he was against Cal in 2017. Yeah. It's the best he's been in Washington. Yeah, I don't know if it's the best he's been. You know, I thought he did a nice job last year, you know, when we got him back, played at a pretty high level. And, you know, I think when Hunter's out there, you know, he always seems to play, play pretty good. He's, you know, he's, um, you know, he's a hard guy to cover and all those type of things. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What do you like about Richard Newton and what kind of growth did you see from him during his redshirt year? Well, um, you know, he was hurt for a lot of his redshirt year. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons that we didn't get to see him a whole lot. Um, but when we did see him, it was always good, productive stuff. Um, and you just never know till you play uh, in games. But we've been, we felt really good about him because when we did scrimmage, and even when we weren't scrimmaging, I mean, just he seemed to be a real tough, hard runner. And so that really carried over to game one and, and real time experience. I mean, that's the first, you know, real snaps that he's had. And. You know, I think it's, you know, he answered he answered the bill. I think all this kind of like, you know, you, you get out of the gate your first game and it's kind of like a quiz, you know, so to speak. You know, and the next one's like a bigger one. This is this is more of the midterm, you know, let's see where we're at. And um, and so he did well for the first one. Um, I think he played well. Um, like I said, I, I think getting him real game reps is what we need to do. I mean, that's that's where he's going to continue to grow. Um, you know, he's got really, really good speed, and he can accelerate with the best of them. And so a lot of times in practice, you know, he does, he's, he's spectacular there. And so, but when the backs become spectacular in the games, I think they got to make sure they slow down to see the holes. And then when they see it, they have to go and put their pads down and either make guys miss or fall forward. And so that's, you know, I think that's an area that we're, we're always working on. It's hard to simulate in practice. When you say slow down to see the holes, Miles was kind of like Le'Veon Bell light in that regard, just the way he would. I mean, how much do you want your backs to kind of be that kind of trend towards No, uh, you know, not Miles. Miles has his own unique style. That was him. I mean, and it just, that's how he ran, and his vision was so good. And I think everybody's got their, you know, their, their own way, their own style. But it always comes down to vision. I think when you're, like, looking at running backs, you know whether they're good I mean sometimes holes are blocked really clean and they run through it and it's like wow that's a great run and then you really study the run and it might not be a great run it's like it's a great blocked play and then sometimes you see something happen and you're thinking you know it comes out clean and you're thinking that's a great block play and really it's unbelievable vision for him to wind a ball back or bounce it Speaking of Gaskin, he made the Dolphins 53-man roster. There's a bunch of other later-round draft picks. Uh, Gaines made the Rams. Jordan Miller made the Falcons. BBK, the Seahawks. How kind of extra satisfying is that to see those later-round draft picks all stick in the NFL? 
Well, you know, I've heard many times from the NFL guys that those are the, you know, those are the core of the team. Like that's where the, those are the ones that can be the difference maker in, in terms of an NFL team when you're taking those later picks that are true picks that are going to make your team and be part of the core. And, you know, those guys are really good football players. You know, there might be size or speed or, you know, length deficiencies, but they're still really good players. And I think those guys, you know, saw that. Right now, tight ends, in broadly speaking, is your, is your cover getting full? Is it a little more bare no. than you like? You know, I've been saying all along, we want more tight ends. You know, we just, we're going to recruit more tight ends. I just think they're unique players that can give our offense an advantage. And just depth-wise, just numbers-wise, we don't have the numbers that I think I would like to see. And um, so we'll we'll continue to work on that area. And the guys that we have now are... um, I think they're doing a really good job, but I just, you know, you just always worry at the depth of that position. You know, I think we've been pretty lucky with some of those guys with Drew Sample and Will Disley, um, you know, and Cade in the past of staying healthy, playing in, I mean, playing in there with those old linemen. And that's a hard position to really stay healthy for a long time. And so, you know, we lost Drew a couple years ago with an ankle for a long time. And that, that was a that was hard to, you know, no one really spoke a whole lot about that. But that those are big impacts on your offense. Jacob's got some reps. How, yeah. how important is that just to get that out of the way and under his belt? Huge, hugely important. And we, we really, you know, um, kind of want, if there's one thing to do, oh, yeah, get him with some more reps earlier in that game because um, it was good. I mean, he, the pass that we let him – you know, they, we called. I mean, he was on the money. It was a really good throw, really good read. And um, so that was good. That was good to get him in the game. And like I said, he's he's been progressing. What stands out to you about Cal's secondary that makes it so good? And what challenges do they pr- yeah. present uh, Jacob? Well, they got uh, they have a really good scheme. You know, they just do a nice job. But there's a lot of defense there for you. And... Um, and they, you know, there's always that dilemma. Like you can see a lot of defense, but sometimes you can see a lot of holes in it. When guys are, uh, you know, sometimes a lot is can be an advantage for an offense. They might get you, but you're going to get them and hit them because guys are out of position, assignments, those type of things. <clears throat> those guys don't play like that, and they haven't played for like that for a year and a half at least where they have all kinds of different blitz schemes and guys know where they're supposed to be. So they keep you off balance with that, and then they cover well. I mean, those guys have played a lot of football for them. Um, all those guys that are back in the secondary played a lot of snaps, and they're good athletes that are well coached with a lot of experience. That's always a combination that you love to have, uh, you know, as a coach. Did, uh, did Gerald Alexander strike you as a guy who was was going to go on and be a, a really good football coach? Um, you never know. You never know if they want to get into the business. You know, sometimes guys kind of could circle back and, um, you know, after their career's done and say, hey, this is what I want to do. And then sometimes even playing at the NFL level, guys don't realize the grind that it takes to coach. They think they're putting long hours in as players, which they do, but it's completely different coaching-wise. And so sometimes those guys go that route, and a lot of them see it, and they're like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I wasn't sure Gerald was going to coach when he was with us at Boise State, played for a handful of years in the league, and then came back and was very adamant that's what he was going to do. And it was awesome because, you know, he was a graduate assistant a couple times and then, you know, went off cross-country 
country and took a couple jobs and and uh, you know it's just been climbing and he's you know he does a great job Chris there's a little bit of chirping coming out of Berkeley including from Evan Weaver and you don't seem to have an issue with that with, with your guys I can't remember the last time a guy popped off or even quasi popped off how often do you bring up that just as a lesson that kind of I mean, we don't I, I, we don't pay attention to that, you know. I mean, every everything's captured these days, so it's like it, it doesn't matter, you know. It just matters how we play. Like it's not. We have enough issues with ourselves just to take care of. You know, we're not worried about that stuff. And it's the truth. Like, I don't know. It's just it seems different than back in the day. You know, somebody said something and made a big deal about it because there just wasn't much media and all that stuff. But. We just go play. Would you have been on Twitter back in the day if Twitter existed when you played? That's a good. I don't think so. I mean, I was gonna say no way, but you know, then I didn't grow up with it. You know, so I'm trying to think about that. You know, it just that's a very hard question for me to answer. Coach Powell being the only assistant coach on one year contract entering the season without being guaranteed for the next season. Was there a discussion that before the season happened with him? There's all you know. All of our coaches are evaluated every year. I mean, starting with me, I'm evaluated real hard every year, and that's just the process, and that's the world we live in. And um, so, yeah, I mean, there was there's discussions with all of our coaches what we need to do to take the next step and get a plan, and we go for it. Chris, about four sacks. What did the film show you in terms of how they got the sacks, and what will you need to do to? Yeah, we need to play with that type of effort. I think I think the you know the pass rush has improved. Um, you know, one thing that we um, you know it's a fine line because if you just light your hair on fire and all costs get after this guy, you're going to run by him half the time. And you saw a little of that on Saturday because he's a very, you know, Barry is a very good runner. And so he steps up and out. And so you got to get after him, but you also got to work together and stay in your rush lanes. And so there was progress there, no question, but there's still work to do.